for us, um, this is probably one of the most famous portions in the Bible. This is about Saul and about uh, his transformation, um, the making of a godly man. And the amazing thing is that uh, Christ breaks him to make him. And so as I was thinking about my life and probably yours, if you believed on the Lord Jesus as your Savior, um, that there was a time where you realized that you had to be broken before God and that you didn't have any way out. You didn't, you didn't have any recourse in, in life except that uh, he gave you a way and you realized that God was calling you into his family. And through believing in Jesus Christ, the one that came and died on the cross for our sins, your sins. Uh, He rose again, and then he's given us eternal life, and then the power to live this life through his spirit. So the making of uh, a godly man, a godly woman, uh, we're taking in that we're applying even Paul's life. We're we're looking at uh, what happened to him. And it was was so loud, it was just um, uh, so dramatic of a change in his life. And maybe those of you kind of like me where it seemed like it came on gradual, but then uh, the power of God shows up in such a powerful way. There's no denying uh, his power and his, uh, his uh, sovereignty over all. So anyways, um, last week we were talking about um, people that God... Um, has called and then put on assignment. And so we had Andy and Rachel up here um, sharing what God had done in their life over the years and growing up where they grew up and, in, uh, and then through CEF, the, the tool of, of uh, training that God used in their life. And now they're in Sri Lanka. And, well, no, they're here. But <laughs> that's where God has called them on a specific assignment uh, to Sri Lanka. And so amazing to think about how God has taken this young couple and woke them up to the truth of who he is and then uh, put them on assignment, put them on assignment there. Most of us that live here, we've realized our assignment is here. Our assignment is Whatcom County. This is where he's called us and this is where we carry out the kingdom work here. And so we have another couple that we're going to hear a little bit later in my message and it's Brian and Melissa Ritchie. And, uh, we're going to hear about how God has called them, and they're headed to Costa Rica. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, beautiful thing. Again, the making of a, a godly man, a godly woman, as God takes us and he breaks us, and then he begins to instruct us, and then he gives us an assignment, and then he gives us the power to do the assignment, and then he sends us off. And again, whether that's here or there, so again, we're looking at Paul's life, we're looking at the word of God, and we're saying, how is that with me? So our example then is these two young couples that are being called by God to a faraway land. And uh, so beautiful thing. Uh, Let me just thank the Lord again, and then open up your scriptures to Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 9. Father, we just thank you in Jesus' name that yeah, you've made it pretty evident for most of us that following you and uh, is the best thing that we could ever do. And the benefits and the rewards, um, if it's just peace, then bring it on, Lord. That's, uh, 
That's what I need uh, in this crazy world times that we're living in. Just thank you, Lord. As we draw closer to you, we get to experience your peace more and more. So thank you, Lord God. Lord, you promise that every time we look into your word, that it's living and active. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intents of the heart. So Lord, I pray that you'd help me, help us um, to rearrange things that need to be rearranged through the power of your Holy Spirit and your leading today. And we rejoice in, in your plan. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So um, Saul gets a pretty... Uh, pretty bright <laughs> awakening and uh jesus says uh through this uh, he doesn't see jesus himself but he, this bright light uh he causes him to go blind and and uh jesus says go um it is me you're persecuting saul uh go into uh, the city i i will tell you what you need to do so right away i see that he he's breaking saul and then he begins instructing him Breaking me. So, uh, again, even just this morning when I was praying through this, God began to reveal to me something that I could kind of hang on to. So, if you're taking notes, um, uh, number one, I said again, is that He He gets your attention. Um, he humbles you some way, like Paul. So, um, so He gets your attention. He gives you instruction. Number two. Number three, he gives you an assignment. And number four, he empowers you to do that assignment. And number five, he sends you. Okay, go. And as you go, that kind of thing out of Matthew, right? Um, so I'm going to say those things again throughout the message here. But um, just realizing in my own life and yours too, that this is something that God has done and he continues to do. He continues to give assignments in his kingdom. All right, so uh, in this whole thing, Saul then uh, is led by the brute squad, um, these guys that were with him arresting people and, and even murder of, of Stephen, and uh, they led him into Damascus, and in verse 9, so we're in Acts chapter 9, verse 9, it says um, that he was there three days without sight, neither ate nor drank. Now, God and his beauty of assignments, there's this disciple of his that it looks like there's been a pretty cool relationship with him, Ananias. Ananias. Um, so it says there in verse 10, now there was a certain disciple at Damascus, and his name was Ananias. Um, and to him, the Lord said in a vision, he called him by name, Ananias. Now, to me, that's a, that's a special relationship that God called him and he responds, calls Ananias. And so he says, here I am, Lord. Or he says, yes, Lord. Isn't that a beautiful thing? There's something going on there where this man knows how to respond to God when he's talking to him. <laughs> yes, Lord. Or here I am. It's like, what do you want? What do you want me to do? Isn't that beautiful? So there was a certain man, a certain disciple in Damascus. So God had planted him there for Saul to get there. So the beauty of God's plan being worked together, 
perfect timing, perfect plan for his kingdom and his use in this man's life named Saul or Paul um, that he would um, transform him into a godly man. So the making of a godly man we look at here. So, so here's what the Lord says to Ananias. He gives him a specific plan. So it was that specific plan at that time for this moment. Okay? So not anybody else was getting this assignment, just this disciple named Ananias. Just this. And that makes me think about you and me. There's days that there's just a specific assignment for you. Nobody else is doing it but you. It's your family. It's your kin or whatever that is. But when we recognize that God is calling us into this kingdom way, there's a specific plan and he tells us exactly what to do. So here he says, <clears throat> so the Lord says to him, verse 11, arise, go to the street called straight and inquire at the house of Judas, the one uh, for one called Saul of Tarsus for behold, he is praying. I want to stop there for a minute. He even gives him the address. Who needs uh, that GPS thing, right? God says, here's the address. I want you to go here. Here's, okay, beautiful. So does God speak to you that way? Right. That's specific, that today I want you to go here. So um, it says there that he's praying. So I want to ask you a question, though. Um, thinking about this, it says earlier that Saul was uh, not eating or drinking for three days. So that kind of says that he was fasting, right? Um, but here, Jesus tells him that he's praying. So he's not just fasting, but he's praying. So he tells Ananias what's going on in a house in Damascus. A certain man, he says, this is what he's doing. He's fasting and he's praying. So my question to you, and you can help me with this, is um, what kind of prayer, there's several kind of prayers that you and I know and we pray. What kind of prayer do you think Saul was praying? What, what kind of prayer do you think he was praying? Open my eyes, give me my sight back, okay? Yeah, I want to see, he's blind. Anything else? I bet you there was a lot of repenting going on right there. It is I whom you're persecuting. I bet. Yes? Maybe he wanted to know what God wanted him to do. Okay. Maybe he was asking, what do you want me to do? I'm here because Jesus said, go into Damascus. I'll tell you what to do. So, Lord, what, what do you want me to do? So we're just wondering, what was Saul praying? Okay. So most of you have uh, uh, in your bulletin uh, some of my notes. And I have acrostic of prayer, okay? I have it spelled out P-R-A-Y. Um, and so what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to help me with um, those letters um, about prayer. Okay, so first letter is P. What are some words that you think of that would start with P that would be about prayer? Praise. 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 Oh, the one in the row. <laughs> she said, raise your hand first. <laughs> Praise. 
Praise him. Praise him. What kind of power is in praise? Tell me, what, what kind of power is in praise? What is happening when we praise? It's, what's that? It's exalting God. Okay, praise, exalting God. Yes, Roberta. <laughs> Into his presence. Yeah, Howard. God inhabits the praises of his people. So when you and I are in trouble, Saul, in trouble, praising God is probably the most powerful thing you can do because that's declaring his sovereignty and that he's in control. So begin praising God. Okay, so praise and thanksgiving, that doesn't start with a P, but it kind of, you know, you're thanking God in, in that praise of what he's doing. Okay, the letter R. What, what kind of prayers start with the letter R? Repentance, that's a big one, repentance. Repentance, um, renew my sight, restore, um, uh, rejoice even, so along with that praise, okay? So um, A, how about A? What, what, what prayers um, might start with A? What would that be? Well, she raised her hand this time, just... <laughs> We're going to have stickers here. <laughs> adoration, which means... What, what does adoration mean for those of us that don't use that word very much? Adoration. Adore. Okay. Cherish. Okay. All about God. So uh, prayers that um, start with the letter A, adoration. Okay. Anything else? Ask. 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 We want to ask God. He wants us to ask him for everything, right? Okay, so asking, um, acknowledging him. Uh, Dale's favorite passage all of his life that he, that he says all the time when you're around him, if you're around him long enough, he says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge. Acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Amen? Amen. Okay. So acknowledge um, allegiance to him. Praying allegiance to him. And that, Okay. What prayers with why? Um, why? Yes, Marie. Yield. Yield. Wow. Okay. Yielding to him. Yielding to him. Um, yearning for him. Um, another word that we um, hear more in, in Scripture is seeking him. Seek him with all of your heart and he will let you find him. That Seeking him, okay. Um, uh, Yahweh. Um, yesterday, today, and forever. Yeshua. Yeshua. What? Yeshua. <laughs> yesterday, today, and forever. So we're just talking about what could have Paul have been praying and then we just outlined the prayers that um, God's people do. Yes, Roger. Roger, back to pain. Pain. Pain, okay. He uses pain many times. Oh, boy. That's right. That's right. Okay. This gets our attention through pain. So we're talking about the making of a godly man, a godly woman. And, and again, our examples then are, are Andy and Rachel of God has taken them and moved them along. And then Brian and Melissa, we get to be part of their team as they make this transition from, from this assignment here that they were given to assignment over in Costa Rica. So 
Okay, so uh, here's Paul. He's praying. So we're at verse 12. Acts chapter 9, verse 12. Um, And in a vision, so here's Jesus telling Ananias. He's in a vision. He's in a vision telling Ananias about someone else that is having a vision. What is a vision? What is a vision? Um, So think about this for a minute. It's, It's with spiritual eyes. Something you see, but uh, Saul is blind and he's having a vision. So it's not something that he's seeing with his physical eyes. So this is uh, spiritualized. Now, there are times in scripture there is a physical a vision that you really see, but Saul's blind. But he's having a vision about Ananias coming. So here's God talking to <laughs> to Ananias about another man that's praying and having a vision about him coming. And then he's telling Saul that in a vision that he's going to see a man coming. So it's amazing. I wonder how many times that's happening and we don't realize that the people we run into during the day, that there's God is orchestrating something beautiful. So in a vision he has seen, verse 12, a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him so that he might receive his sight. Now, the beauty of this disciple's relationship with God is a conversation. You know, when we pray, the bottom line is this communication with this God that has created all things through Jesus Christ, that we've been given that privilege to communicate with the power over everything. So, this man then begins to talk to God. And this, he's, he's seeing this vision and he begins to talk to God and he says, um, Lord, that's a good way to start. Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. Stop there for a minute. He has a real conversation about how he's really feeling going. Maybe in a way he's going, are you sure or am I sure that I'm hearing what I'm hearing? That you want me to go to this man that is dragging off people? Wow. You know, that's a beautiful thing. If you've really been walking with the Lord for any distant time, you have those real conversations with him. Lord, are you, are you sure? Or are you sure you picked the right guy for this? Are you sure? Um, but that's beautiful, isn't it? There, there was a relationship with this disciple that he could not, he's not talking back, he's just wondering. <laughs> and he's asking. That's a beautiful thing for you and for me. It's a beautiful thing. But he says, to your saints who are in Jerusalem. You know, here's something that you may know or may not know, that if you've believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're a saint. You're going, "Uh, you don't know me. No. Saints who are in Jerusalem. Those are ones who are chosen by God, set apart for God to use for his kingdom. So if you've believed in the Lord Jesus, you've been chosen and you've been set apart for special duties, special assignments in his kingdom. It's not just a ticket to paradise. It's you're in his kingdom to do some work 
And there's souls that need to know God for all eternity. Isn't that amazing? Saints. Um, holy ones is another place, uh, word that describes saints. Holy one. And maybe you're thinking, uh, no. And it's like, yes, yes. You are called to be different than the world. And you are already clean because of God's calling in your life, the Holy Spirit's calling. And you and I are just waking up to the fact that we are holy people. We're holy for God to use. And so when we push away from the darkness, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the boastful pride of life, we're pushing away from the falseness of really who we are. Our new identity is we are a holy people. We are holy people and we're called for God's use. If you've believed on the Lord Jesus, if you haven't, today can be the day of salvation. Today, you can have a new identity. That identity is you belong to Jesus. Now I belong to Jesus. Yeah? Forever. Forever. What's the sign language, everybody, for forever? What what does that look like again? (laughs) There you go. Forever. Wow. Forever. So here Ananias is asking about your saints in Jerusalem. We've seen this. Verse 14, he's, he's been given authority. So he's got the paperwork to cause harm to people. He's got the legal right to hurt people even to death. Is that amazing to you? That there's people that have documents to hurt other people even to death. It's legal to put to death certain people even in our own country? Did you know that? Did you know that there's defenseless people that still are in their mother's womb? That people have legal documents to put those innocent children to death? Isn't that weird to think about? Even in our own country, we have legal documents to put people to death. Some states even up to the ninth month. Is that crazy? The darkness, right? Darkness? Up to two years. Darkness. It, legal documents. So he's got legal documents to hurt people. And he's really saying, Lord, watch God's response to him. He tells him. He tells him what he's doing. Isn't that beautiful? God is telling Ananias what he's up to. Verse 15. But the Lord said to him, Go. I love that story. (laughs) Go. Even before he explains everything, he says, go. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus kind of says that at the end before he he rises to heaven. He says, go and make disciples. Go. So he says, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine. It's like, what? What? To bear my name before the Gentiles. There's his assignment. He's broken. He receives instruction. He receives assignment. Before Gentiles, kings, children, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Gene mentioned suffering. You know, why do we suffer? 
in this life? Why do we suffer? Um, because there's one that has the solution, right? But I'm going to just put that out there. I put that out to the men's group. Why, why do we go through suffering here? What might be some biblical reasons? Just raise your hand like, like uh, Diane wants you to do. Raise your hand. If, is, what, what is the, a biblical reason for suffering that we go through here? Yes. To refine us. Uh, I think you said to get our attention. Sometimes discipline. Sometimes we're off the rails here. And discipline gets us back here. So, okay, two biblical reasons for suffering. Yeah. To build endurance. Yeah. God's talking. He's trying to get your attention. Okay. Sometimes we don't listen unless pain is involved. Yes, Lynn. Oh my goodness, she's, she's right out of uh, Corinthians, Second Corinthians. The Lord of all mercies and comfort comforts us so that we can comfort anyone in any trouble. That's what it says, anyone, not just in the trouble that we've been through, we've experienced, but any trouble. Amen. Yes, Brian. Because of the fall. Yeah, we didn't have this, we didn't have sin and suffering before the fall. So, but God has provided us a way to go back to the garden, right? So, to get our attention, to get us to turn and focus on him, Marie? To display his glory. Wow, his glory, his mercy, who God really is. That's what glory is, is who God really is. The God of all mercy and comfort. So he says, he must suffer many things for my name's sake. So what happens next is uh, in this making of a godly man, Ananias went, verse 17. Ananias went on his way. He entered the house, laying his hands. He said to him, Brother Saul. Did you hear that? Brother Saul. (laughs) Brother Saul, like you're in the family. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. The power to do the assignment. was that? He gets our attention. Uh, gives us instruction. He gives us an assignment. He gives us the power. And then he sends us. Is, is it amazing to you that he, he confirms with Saul, who already had the vision of Ananias coming, he speaks that confirmation to him. How many times for you and for me, things are happening. You hear it on the radio. A friend says it. You read it in scripture. You're going, I think God is trying to confirm in me the direction he wants me to go. And I think that happened to Brian and Melissa. There's confirmation that just, and with, with Andy and Rachel, confirmation. So immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received his sight at once and he rose and he declared his allegiance really by being baptized. Now I belong to Jesus. 
And so when he had received food and was strengthened, then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. And immediately he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the son of God. (laughs) In the synagogues, because with the Jewish people, they've been looking for the Messiah. Here he is, Christ, another name for Messiah, son of God, the anointed one to come. 